0: My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you guys about dialogue. All right, I love writing dialogue because it's a way for me to move a scene or a character without having to tell so much. So, for example, I have a character who I absolutely adore. His name is Tyler Locklear. He is my prayer warrior in... The Hartwell Chronicles, Teenage Exorcist. So I'm going to use him as my um, example for you. So, you know, he's an optimistic person. I don't have to write down. Tyler was always positive. He was so optimistic. And every time he was around someone, he always tried to give them a word of encouragement, a Bible verse, something that they could build on and reassure them, you know, from whatever situation. Like, I don't have to say that about that character at all. I'm really hoping by 250 pages of the Hartwell Chronicles, everybody knows that about Tyler just because of his dialogue. And so what can you do to help build up your you know, your authentic dialogue that matches your characters? You can character profile. you can get to know your characters. So let's say you're writing, and you're in chapter four and you still really do not know the voice of your character you're piecing together what would be the natural back-and-forth exchange in the scene but you don't know who this character is it would be worthy of your time to do what I'm gonna now do in round four of my edits and that means you start at the very beginning And you hit, you know, find quotation mark. And you start looking. And you only read the dialogue. And try your best. I know this might be difficult because our eyes will scan to the left. But try your best not to look at the tag. That way you can see, oh, is that the way that my corny Tyler would say it? And if it wouldn't be, then just make some little minor readjustments and fit it to their character. And so you've got to figure out who your people are. So, like my abuela, she is, you know, very you know nurturing. So the grandmother is a nurturing character who also can get bossy, argumentative. <laughs> so she has like a double side of her she can get angry really quick Um, so she has her little temper Um, does that come out in the dialogue well I'm not gonna really know unless I step outside after the whole book is finished and do this dialogue seek and find just to make sure that I'm having consistency so how do you know if you're having consistency with your character you pull out your character profiles you kind of you know pray over your characters you think of each individual one and yes I'm telling you to do this before you start and I want you to make a list of personality traits of each one of your characters so think of people that have inspired you people that have annoyed you <laughs> people that um, somehow, you know, could be reflective in these characters, right? That could help you to visualize these characters and add some depth to them. So, here's an example. My mama, when I was growing up, my mama would watch rerun episodes of the Golden Girls. Love the Golden Girls, all right? So, Blanche, She's a feisty character. She's always talking about men. It's always on her mind. <laughs> They're always joking her. Um, there is a character in my book that she is not to the extreme as Blanche. But she will say these little, you know, quirky things every now and then. I need a balance in this. It is YA anyway. It is clean fiction. So it's not going to be the... Um, The jabs that they give each other, like on the Golden Girls, that stuff is crazy. If you don't believe me, go back and watch an episode or go and look at some of the images that show their quotes, and they get each other really good. Like, they roast each other to no extreme. Um, My husband was even laughing when I was telling him about the Golden Girls last night. Um, And so when someone asked me, you know, if you could pick television shows or movies, what would it describe, you know, what would describe your newest book, and I really love that, because I was like, The Exorcist meets The Golden Girls meets Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like if you know all three of those, then you've kinda in a ballpark realm of what's happening in my book, and I'm saying it's to the extreme on any of those, but it has a little bit of influence um, on these, you know, on the work. So, think of that. Think of your characters. Maybe think of actors or actresses. Go back into your character profiles. Look at how you originally planned them out. Were you consistent in the way that they spoke throughout? Now, I did this chapter by chapter, and I cleaned up dialogue. So, I'm going to give you another tip. Please use contractions when you're talking in your in your dialogue. Nobody is going to read all of that in the dialogue and it sound, you know, cannot, you are, I will, they are, we are. I mean, that just over time, that's just ridiculous. And we don't naturally talk like that. We're more apt to shortening up any chance that we can when we're speaking. So, why isn't the dialogue that I'm writing the same way? It was like, what? I am, like, ridiculous with this. So, I found that that was a glaring problem that I was having. Guys, it's fine to use contractions. You know, I don't know what was giving me the signal is that I needed to separate my words. You know, this isn't a dissertation. It's not academic writing. And, you know, let's get back to the contractions with this narrative, you know, or with this fiction piece or um, whatever it is that you're trying to write. And use them because that's how we talk. You heard me. I was actually being mindful as I was talking through that whole like piece here to hear all the times that I was actually using contractions to you. So it was quite a few. So now I did that per chapter. I went in and did that individually. Well, if you're checking for consistency of voice, I would suggest you not to do a chapter and stop. I would suggest you do your best, of course, to keep your characters in line, do your uh, do your work with your tags and your contractions when you're doing edits, but you are going to have to do a pull-out dialogue read, and if you can get somebody else to read your dialogue for you, here's my other tip. Okay, so, as you guys know, my main character, she's 15. And, okay, so Victoria is 15, Tyler is 16, and then the rest of my characters are elders in the book. So, I'm 43. I can read the elder piece. (laughs) Then I've got, you know, a voice that I need to come from the youth side, right? I want to hear it. Um, And she's Puerto Rican. I was lucky enough to get the commissioned help of a 17-year-old Hispanic girl to be able to read the dialogue of my main character. And so when, you know, we did it just with one chapter, and that's fine. I I just wanted to get the voice. I wasn't going to have her read the entire book and we did it with one chapter and then she wanted to also play the role of tyler so she was reading those parts and then i was watching her face now here's the deal you can pick up on people's body language or you can give them the cue like just to tell you just say look anytime you're reading this dialogue just say i don't get it or Would they say it like that? Just tell me straight up. Well, I was watching her face, and her nose would crinkle up. And I would say, okay, yeah, let me, okay, let me rewrite that. And so, I would rewrite the dialogue with the voice of this girl in my head. And then I would say, okay, go ahead, let's reread it. And so, she would reread it, and she would smile, and she would say, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's that's what it is. And so, I only had to do that, like, three times. Like, she got this look. But, however doing it this way, that would have been three little parts of the dialogue that I probably would not have picked up if it wasn't being read and I could watch facial expressions or just having her look at me and say, "Uh, I don't know what this, I don't get that. I don't, would they say that? And I was finding another problem with my dialogue is the tagging. So a long time ago, if you listen to my initial Podcast back last year, I was actually learning how to do proper dialogue tags. You cannot sigh and talk at the same time. You got to cut down on your sighs. I've last year, I'll never forget this. It was hilarious. They were sighing so much and shrugging their so- shoulders so much, and and having all of these little patterns of their behavior before dialogue tag, that it was boring, and it was unrealistic. I mean, how many times do you hear somebody sigh? It's just crazy. So, really think through your dialogue tags, and if you can have your character doing an action, use that instead of, you know, he spoke, he did this, he he exclaimed, he replied, he... And I'm telling you, there is nothing wrong with said, because said... If you're using said, that means this is my opinion, and you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got a cast of characters that are in a full conversation with each other, and they're standing around, you don't know who's saying what, um, so I have to start those off with Dorothy said, Betty Lou said, Solomon said, Tyler said, Victoria said, Abuela said, Father Jacoby said, um... But it's not always going back and forth because it'll say, you know, she looked to Abuela, meaning she's directing it to Abuela, then Abuela would answer back. Then when you get yourself into these little quirky ways and speech patterns, you can remove a dialogue tag if you know exactly in a strong way how that person is going to talk and the reader will get it by then. But if you're using large groups and they're talking back and forth with each other and they're, they're trying to create their plan, for example, like what was happening in my book, using said multiple times, it's absolutely fine. It, you're not worrying about, you know, replied, asked, and yes, I do change it up sometimes. It's not like that's the only one I use, but it's fine to use said multiple times in a chapter. You could use it, you know, a hundred times in a chapter, and I guarantee you that your reader is not going to email you and say, why did you use said 102 times in your chapter 11? They're not. They're going to say, why did you do this to my favorite character? Oh my gosh. And then like I was when I read, um, A science fiction book last year I couldn't believe that one of my favorite characters in the book was like quickly like taken out of the picture and I'm like wait what you built this one up so strong and then you're just throwing them away and so yeah I did I had a conversation with that author too about it and they just said I had to be true to what the story was for me and that was it that was a piece of it I'm like yeah yeah you just threw it through somebody away that could have been instrumental So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get from your readers. If you get somebody emailing you about dialogue tags in your book, they are some picky people. And they need to be an editor, not just uh, someone out enjoying your book. (laughs) Um, So don't stress about the word said. I would say use it. uh, And use it more often than not when you're looking for at least a tag. But if you can use the action, use it. So go back in and see um, what you've got. And if you can just completely drop action and the tags, do that at all costs. Because that means that your pacing picks up. So if you've got... Okay, so here's the thing. Here's another tip. If you've got a one-on-one conversation going on, you give the tag at the very beginning. So you say... Victoria said, how can you be this optimistic? I'm just making it up. And then Tyler goes, you know, come on, it's the easiest thing to do. You can either have, you know, I'm two sides of a coin, but I'm more of an Indian nickel. You know, like you can do that. So go back and forth. Um, you don't have to say after that who the people are. If they're in the room by themselves... People kind of get it, and then they know who started off the conversation. It was Victoria. So with Victoria starting it, and then it's to Tyler, then the next person will be Victoria again. and So you don't put any kind of um, starter at the beginning of your tags after that. You don't even have a tag at all. You drop it. So I've got to go back in and check that. Another thing that you need to check when you're doing your edits is how many times are you using people's names in your dialogue. So, how many times when you're talking with a friend do you go, get real. Seriously, Eli? Now, I can say that sometimes. That just really came out natural for me and it felt good. But, most of the time, I don't even call Eli's name. So, if I do it, I do it sparingly, and I would ask you to check that because you don't want them going around just going, Victoria, pray. I mean, I took it out. I'm like, of course they're telling her to pray. Like, you know, the the reader doesn't need to see that. So, I think that that's just a mark to make your pacing better, your flow better, and it just like, uh, it's extra. It's extra. I will say that checking your dialogue will also let you know if you've appropriately matched the dialogue to the scene. In a way, did you enhance the scene in any way with your dialogue? And if you didn't, try to figure it out. So, I had a really ooky spot when I was checking my work yesterday. I'm just going to say it was just ooky. It did not feel right, honestly, guys. It was, it was a place where... Um, her dad was checking in on her. So you can't just go, "Hey, pumpkin, how's your day? Da 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 da. Is it is it nice up there? How's the weather?" I mean, that's boring. And even though a dad might start off with that, and I had it where he was like, "Hey, Vic," you know, cuz he calls her Vic earlier on in the story. And I was like, you know, I was going to say, "Let him do that." But The dad got preoccupied um, in the scene. And we don't know why the phone hung up at that moment. But you'll know later why the phone hung up. So, the weird conversation was this boring, drawn-on, you know, no. I had to completely take out those opening lines. And then I just went to, you know... Are you and Tyler, you know, working on your music? Well, then there we go. Well, you know, that was something that would be asked later into the conversation. That that's not the first thing they say, but that's fine. And then when the phone call drops off, then she goes, um, "I had to rearrange some things in that one, and I'll probably still go back in today when I'm doing the dialogue pull-out technique um, for the whole the whole picture here." I'm probably going to still check that scene because I just rewrote it last night. And I was asking my husband, you know, when you're reading this dialogue, when you're reading it, if there's a place that you come across that you go, uh, somebody would say something a different way. Will you please let me know? And he's been a great beta reader for me because he, ke- he kept me set like truly straight on the voice of a child and I had to go in. And so I will tell you this you need to look developmentally how your characters would speak according to their age their level of experience their background and you you're like jennifer do i have to do all of that yes you do and so tyler for example comes from a very strong christian close-knit family so that can contribute to the way that he speaks to other people he's modeling what he's heard from his parents and his family members Whereas, you kind of get this distant feeling a little bit with, you know, with Victoria. She's very introspective. She's more quiet. But, she's not had a lot of adult interaction, honestly. So, um, she kind of feels her way around in conversation. Then, you've got, you know, a six-year-old child. He's not going to have all of this well-developed vocabulary like I had him, have, you know, doing and all these really long sentences. So that was something that I had to go in and fix. So it's just according to the level of experience. So yes, I do want you to take that in consideration when you're reviewing your dialogue. And again, that's consistency to character. Then you've got to make the decision, are your character's honestly gonna cuss or not? Now, (sighs) you heard the audible sigh here. I say this, Uh, You can do what you want, you can have your character speak any way you want. I'm going to talk from me right now and I'm going to tell you what happened when we read aloud Fahrenheit in class. So we read Fahrenheit 451 this year and my kids would go beep, beep, beep 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 every time they would see a word and they wouldn't say it. And they had all these beeping noises and yes, I read books that have cursing in it. It's not like I say, oh, I can't read this book because it has this in it. No. Um, if that's the way that that character, you know, is, then you feel like, okay, I can do that. Do it. You know, stand true to your characters. However, Abuela needed her mouth cleaned out. So I had to wash out my grandma's mouth with soap in my book because I had to remind myself that I'm writing clean fiction As much as an exorcist demonic possession book can be clean, this one is. And I know y'all laugh at me, and y'all like, Jennifer, this stuff is, you're talking about demons and devils and hell, and so yeah, I had to use hell multiple times, and I would even use it in a slang way, yeah, we're having a hell of a time, or, um, you know, I'm hell bent, or hell in a handbasket, and I'm telling y'all, I had to use that, I don't care if y'all tell me that's cliche and to stop, that's my mama's words, um. Talk all, talk all the junk y'all want about me. Don't talk about Mama and the way Mama talked. And don't another one, Betty Lou. I'm gonna talk about the names later, but uh, look, that's my Mama's name. Just give y'all heads up. Um, So, think about your characters. Would they curse? If they do, do they have to say really strong, you know, volatile words like G D and F and? you know do they have to go that far to get their point across um can you think of other ways that you can express their emotion so i'm just giving you that because yes teenagers they do talk like that i i get it i hear it every day and it racks my brain to know that the youth today have such foul mouths they really do it is crazy in front of adults they will go off and they don't care who's around and so if you're writing for that population, it's not like that's something that they've never heard before, and you're introducing them to their first potty word, and they're going to go home and say, oh, Mama, what's an SOB? And they have to ask their mama what that means. You understand where I'm going with this? So you do what you want in your books. I'm going to do what I want in my books, and I'm going to have to go back in and say, Wait, did I put one? Because Abuela slipped out some words, and... I said, nah, let's take those out because I, I can't stand by that. Abuela, you got to just, we got to clean you up. You can say it in the other ways. And so, yeah, I did tape them and I went back in and cleaned them up. I just, they did not sit well with my spirit. I just couldn't do it. Cursings and blessings should not be coming out of your mouth. That's a Bible verse. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to clean this up. So, I did, but that's your prerogative now, and if it advances who your character is, and and you've got these quirks, and you feel good about it, go at it, but I don't think it needs to be every page. As a reader, that just kind of turns me off. I read a book, and it is a classic, and every single page has GD or, you know, terrible words in it, and I'm like, do we have to read this? Like, really? Really? Do do we have to? Is this just the way, you know, ranchers talked back in the day? I get that they might have done this, but do they have to do it on every page? Like, can we at least have some spots where my brain doesn't have to go through these? (laughs) Do you know, like, I question the overuse of them. Um, And if you do use them for um, character consistency, just, you know, you can tone it down at times. And, you know, that's just my word of advice to you. And then live by your book. And if, you know, it's okay. Cursing in in the book, like, I'm telling y'all, Fahrenheit's my second favorite book in the world. And it's got some heavy words. But you know what my number one favorite book in the world is? It's The Hobbit. And maybe I'm wrong, but I do not remember one curse word in The Hobbit. And it was a fantastic, extraordinary display of wonderful words. And I don't believe, now I could be wrong, you guys can go back, but I just don't remember having a conversation with my 11-year-old while we read The Hobbit. Oh, I'm not going to say that word. Skip it, skip it. Uh, no, I don't remember that. So, that just lets you know that you can write you know, high-quality fiction without having to use potty words and there were some evil characters in there and they weren't going around doing that it was in their actions and in the way that they spoke but it wasn't cursing and if you know if anybody you know emails me and says well Tolkien you know he missed the boat on his characterization because he didn't put that in there and you know they won't do that that's silly right so just keep in mind look at the greats look at the models and see how they're using the words All right, guys, so guess what I'm doing? I'm at round four, and my round four, as you can guess, because I'm talking about it so much, is to go in and remove conversation and make sure I have dialogue. Make sure that all of my dialogue, when I pull it out, it could stand alone and the conversation can be had without the setting or anything around it, without description. Just to hear the words. If you can grab somebody to, to role play with you, I would suggest that you do that. If not, you know, I just was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. Um, but if you don't get that opportunity, read your dialogue aloud and record it. And then listen back just to your dialogue. And see, see what you need. And if you don't want to record your entire book's dialogue, just record chapter one's dialogue, just that one alone, because that really gives the introduction to your, you know, your characters to your reader. And how can you do that just in some simple little add-ins in your dialogue to let your reader know who these people are? All right, guys, I hope this has been helpful. If you've got any dialogue tips, uh, go ahead and uh, email me at jenlowrywrites at com. I've got one more day to meet a, uh, a deadline, and um, that's going to be round five of my edits. I'm going to talk with you guys about my deadlines. They kind of have been readjusted and uh, shortened. I've moved them up, and uh, I've got something fun planned for tomorrow if I meet my deadline. I'm going to tell you guys that, too. All right, bye. Now that you've found me on the Jen Lowry Writes Podcast, I challenge you to head over to Amazon and find me there. My four Bible devotionals are under the name Jennifer Eichner Lowry. Just type in 30-Day Everyday Mom Challenge, Happy Renewal Year Challenge Devotional, 30-Day Teacher Challenge, or Fingerprint Curriculum K-12 Homeschool Planning. If you are a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, you'll be happy to see $0 appear by your price. Yep, all are free with Kindle Unlimited. if you'd like to purchase the journal devotionals in paperback so you can reflect the way right in the book, you can get your copies for $12.99. Happy reading.